I'm Dr. Hamilton, founder of NeuroSwitch and the masterclass Better Results. And in educating my physicians and obesity specialists on neurobehavioral mechanisms of obesity, I like to start off with something familiar, a patient scenario that we can all relate to. So I want you to take this particular scenario, for example. I have a 43-year-old African-American female who comes in to me as a bariatric surgeon for bariatric surgery, let's say. She has hypertension and she has prediabetes. And she is looking at either getting a sleeve or a gastric bypass. She's tried some diets in the past, lost some weight, regained. She's also tried fentermine, lost some weight, regained. Her family and the rest of her history is non-contributory. So at this point, she goes through the typical course of getting bariatric surgery. She'll see the psychologist to have her psyche eval. She'll go to the nutritionist for a couple of times to learn about how to eat healthy. We'll talk to her about eating low carb. We'll talk to her about physical activity. And then a couple months later, she'll have her surgery. That is scenario number one. Her post-op course is uneventful. She does well with her surgery, but at 18 months, she stalls out. And by month 22, we start noticing weight regain. I don't know if this sounds familiar to anyone. She didn't quite get down to where she wanted, or perhaps she did. And then in year two and three, we started seeing weight regain. Why does this happen? And why is this happening with an increased incidence? So let's take another scenario. Let's take a scenario and see it from a different lens. So same patient, 43-year-old female. She has hypertension on some medications. She's pre-diabetic um, and she is in your office. Let's say her BMI is 41. So she qualifies. She's looking to get a sleeve or a gastric bypass. Everything else is the same. This is my lens, the way I see her. And additional information that's important to note. Okay, we stated she's African-American female. She is a single mom. She works two jobs. She doesn't really have time to work out. Her diet consists of um, predominantly fast food whenever she gets off work. And her two jobs consist of, she works one job from eight to 4.30. She does, gets her kids, gets them settled, and then goes to her second job from seven to 11. Why is that important? And why is that important to make note? Because if you're looking at this from a neural behavioral lens, you can ask the patient, but you can make some assumptions that over time, due to her life, she has created what I call default habits. Things that she does not even to think about it because nowadays all of our lives are so fast paced. So she has probably along the way experienced some type of discrimination, potentially. She's African-American and she's female. So she's I'm sure experienced some type of bias along the way. She potentially have experienced some childhood adverse events. I don't know, but maybe if we can assume that. She has two kids and she's a single mom working two jobs. So she's probably tired and she's probably in survival mode. So whenever she does things right now, at this point, her brain is often in automatic mode. So whatever things that she has created to get by or to survive, 
That's what she does on a daily basis. She comes into your office. You recommend a low carb diet. She give up certain bad habits and physical activity and then follow up again with the nutritionist in a month. She does the same thing a month later. Oh, I've been able to give up chips or I decreased my soda um, because she wants the surgery. She's cleared from her psychological eval, nothing major, no red flags. She gets her surgery. And then at 18 months, she starts to see weight recurrence. Well, why is this? Well, part of it is because she has gone back to her same environment. She has gone back into her same default habits. In one or two months, she didn't even know that she had default habits that she did on a regular basis. All she knows is she was told to try to give up chips, give up soda, kind of eat better, work out when she can. With, when is she going to work out? And um, she knows that the surgery will help her. And she lost weight, but now she's getting frustrated because she has regained her weight. And why has she regained her weight? Well, because although her brain knows she had a surgery, her brain did never created the new habits. Her mind, her brain is still on default mode, survival mode, um, you know, protect myself from discrimination mode. Whatever it is that she came into the surgery with, she still has those neural pathways that are strong, that's been going for years, highly myelinated neural pathways. And if you take a neurobehavioral approach, when you see this patient, you don't just see her medical problems, her family history, and the surgery that she wants. You see her. You see her environment. You see her regular, already existing lifestyle, because that is likely what she's going to default into even after her surgery. Surgeries don't affect the myelinated default habits, and it is much easier for patients to go back into those habits after surgery, which is why we see weight regain. They never really pick up, a lot of them, the low-carb diet. Some of them get on a, a routine and are able to work out long-term, but a lot of them don't understand how to incorporate or create new default pathways because no one has told them about this. The surgeon didn't tell them. The psychologist didn't see any red flags, so they didn't mention it. And the nutritionist focused on macros, label reading, so they didn't mention it. So the patient is left with all these new things, but their brain has not incorporated it into their new lifestyle. So then therefore they weight regain. This is what happens in our obesity patients that are on three and four medications and then decide to go to surgery. This is what happens in our bariatric patients that do well and then weight regain. There's so many different areas of the brain that play a role in this. There's an area of the brain that's the reward center, which most of us know about, that make the patient keep doing old behaviors, unwanted or not. I mean, it's much easier for her in between her jobs to go get fast food. And that's what she's been doing all of her life. And when you tell her to try to cook or do something healthier, she may do it for a moment, but because she doesn't see you for a month or two, she just stops doing it, which is the other pathway of the brain, the anti-reward system. That's almost like the kill switch. It just makes people stop doing it because life happens. And that's, they, they never got that as a default habit. And so their body just stops because it perceives it as a failure. I've tried this before, it didn't work. So then the brain literally shuts it down. If we're gonna be comprehensive bariatric surgeons, if we're gonna be comprehensive obesity medicine physicians, we have to start incorporating neurobehavioral approaches 
and mechanisms in our existing algorithm. And I would also argue nutrigenomics. It can't just be medication. Um, hopefully they eat right and do some type of activity and surgery. The brain will always make them go back to their default habit if they didn't learn how to create new habits or even recognize that they had this habit. So my call to action for all physicians, obesity specialists and bariatric surgeons is to add neurobehavioral approaches as a algorithm to your existing regimen if you want to see sustainable results.